back to the podcast. This is Tess. And this is Lauren. And we're the Grid Sisters. All right, you guys, this week we are coming at you with some new segments. We're switching it up a little bit, keeping it fun and fresh. We're going to do podium points, race weekend wrap up. We're going to have Tech Thursday. Where I'm going to walk through some of the safety points of the car for you guys this week. We'll talk a little bit through the Zhao Guan Yu crash. And then we're going to finish with our resident pop culture princess, Tess, rounding out the best pop culture moment of the week. Honestly, it's probably usually going to be a meme, even if it's posted by the teams, but I'm excited. All right, let's jump into it. First off, podium points. Yay! So what podium points are is both Tess and I are going to rate our top three moments of the race weekend. So this moment has to happen between Thursday and Sunday of the race weekend. We both get a top three. And then we're going to do kind of a driver's and constructor's championship. So for every driver and team that is mentioned, they get a point. And the most points at the end of the season wins, essentially. I'm excited about this. Me too. Okay. So we'll have a graphic that kind of shows the current points of our podium points championship um, up on our Instagram. Yes. If you guys have any questions... Send us a DM on Instagram, comment on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think we should add. Let's jump into podium points. Okay, Tess is starting with, we're both going to start with number three. Tess is going first. All right, my number three on my podium points is going to be both McLarens in the points. We are McLaren fans in the house and we are so excited. That is doubled. This kind of goes together for me with Lando flipping off the car. (laughs) So that gives McLaren and Lando points. So my number three, I guess, is going to count for Mercedes because my number three is Total Wolf. Introducing his son, Jack Wolf, to all the drivers in the paddock. It was the cutest moment. I know technically it's a little bit pop culture because it was on, I actually saw it on LinkedIn, but I know it was on Instagram. Oh, that's funny. I get most of my Formula One info from LinkedIn. <laughs> but, yeah, I believe Mercedes posted it on their Instagram. Okay, perfect. So this is going to count as a Mercedes point. Yes. Okay, my number two is going to be the pace difference in Ferrari throughout the weekend. I don't particularly enjoy sprint races. That's just my opinion. But I found it super interesting and exciting that when it came to race day on Sunday, they seemed to have all this magical pace that they were lacking earlier in the weekend. So that was exciting for me as a Ferrari fan. So who's that point for? Ferrari. And you know what? I'm going to give it to Charles because he won. Carlos, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, (laughs) DNF. Yes, I'm so sorry, Carlos. Yes. And E for explode. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So my number two was Charles' first win since Australia. So number two was a good slot for Ferrari, apparently, even though they came in number one in the race. (laughs) Um, So Charles will be getting a point and Ferrari will get a point for that as well. 
I believe our uh, number ones are also matched. Um, my number one is Mick getting sixth in the race and getting driver of the day. I loved watching Mick in this race. He did and so that, good. Yes. That leads to our meme later on, but yes, I'm very, very happy. Haas is on their roll. I'm ready for it to stay. I'm so happy to see it. I'm really enjoying it. Okay, so my number one of the week was the fight between Mick Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton. It was so great to watch. I went back and I watched it again, actually a couple times. Um, It was just good to see some great old-fashioned racing, Mick putting the car where he needed to. uh, And he did it in both the sprint and the race, which was impressive. Um, I loved to see it. I was so happy for Mick. So that is a – is that our Mercedes and Mick point? Yeah, you could give it to both. Yeah, okay, so that's a point for Mick and a point for Lewis. Yeah, because mine's just going to Mick, but I mean, hey, Mick's racking up points. I know. Both both in the races and in our and championship. In, and in our championship. Good job, Mick. Good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so that's going to round out podium points for this week. We have points going to, on my end, Mick, Lewis, Charles, and Ferrari. And Mercedes. On my end, we have points going to Charles and Ferrari, Mick, McLaren, and Lando. All right. Race weekend wrap up. All right. Race weekend wrap up. Let's go. We have practice first. Main thoughts on practice. Go. Um, practice two. I can't believe that Lando's butt was on fire basically. (laughs) And, um, other than that practice seemed kind of uneventful for me personally. Um, practice for me, same points, you know, nothing, nothing too more eventful. You kind of miss out on a lot of eventful practice stuff. I feel like when you have a sprint race. Okay. I agree. Um, Um, qualifying. Yes. Qualifying, obviously the Mercedes both crashing. Oh, pain. devastation for Lauren. <laughs> it was painful. Also, like the immediate radio of Lewis is just like, you just like feel for how great of a person Lewis Hamilton is immediately. I'm so I'm sorry. So sorry. Team. You're going to have to rebuild the car. I'm so, so sorry. This is my bad. I apologize to the guys in the garage. Like, it's just so good. All right. Again, also make out a good qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. It was I, great to see that. I once again, not obsessed with sprint weekends, right? but, but I enjoy that qualifying isn't the final say so. Mm-hmm. And it just, you basically get two races, which is enjoyable. And also when you watch somebody like Mick, because Mick had such a great weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, sprint. We have to sprint through the sprint. Okay. Um, uh, Verstappen pretty much in the front the whole time. The Ferraris didn't have the pace really to catch him. And they were fighting each other. We also had, was it Fernando and who else was starting from the pit lane? Oh, Fernando and Joe. Somebody didn't even start. Fernando and Joe, but Fernando didn't end up getting to yeah, start. Yeah, Fernando didn't end up getting to start, but Joe started from the pit lane. Yes, because we began the sprint race with, um, after the formation lap, Joe, his car wouldn't work. I think that was for, oh yeah, you're right. Joe stalled out. 
and he mm-hmm. wasn't able to retake yeah. his place. His position. So if you're not familiar, there's a regulation. You have to be able to retake your place in the lineup before all of the cars cross the starting line in order for you to maintain that place. Otherwise you are required to start from the pit lane exit, which is the end, the exit you leave the pit lane from, if you are not familiar. Race day. Oh, race day. I feel like first switched hands like three times. Oh, 100%. It was Verstappen. Then it was Leclerc. I think it was Carlos at one point, And then it was Leclerc. And then it was Verstappen. And then it was Leclerc. Yeah, I did enjoy oh. the, the... Well, I mean, obviously, first, it tends to be just a battle between those three or Checo if he's up there, yes. not not being destroyed by somebody. Um, yeah. But that was a very classic Mercedes on Red Bull move. I'm not even going to... Like, I, I won't... We can't play We're not going to delude that at all. That was like a... It was a good old Lewis Hamilton bump. Yeah, you know, George is really trying to emulate him. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> can't even keep a straight face. Yeah, I mean, rough, rough for both of them. Ironically, they both started from the back of the grid at one point. Checo just had way more damage than George. And so he couldn't finish, and, so and George finish. ended up fourth. Which is great. Which is, yeah, great. And honestly, I do have to say I'm very excited about the pace that the Mercedes showed this weekend. Yeah, me too. I didn't think I'd miss, like after last season, truthfully, I wasn't the biggest Mercedes fan, but watching them refight or watching them fight to regain the position at the front of the grid and have a little bit of that on the back foot has been really interesting this year. And I've really, I agree. I'm a George fan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have necessarily said I was a Mercedes fan, but I think I've become more so this year. It's been great to watch. Yeah. Uh, what else happened in the race? Obviously, Charles Leclerc won, but yes. first one since Australia. Yes. Very, very, very excited. I am a Charles Leclerc fan, but mm, Carlos blew up. <laughs> that was plan E for explode test. Plan E for Carlos. Mateo, when Mateo was wagging his finger, he was telling Carlos, don't worry, we have a plan. You'll be on the podium next week. Verstappen said, was lucky, though. Verstappen was about to take third. This oh, was 100%. also uh, Max Verstappen's first second place uh, win of this season. Which I find okay. a super interesting stat because yeah, it, it would seem first, like- third or seventh in every race and, yeah. or did not finish. So in every race he's finished, he's finished first, third, or seventh. Wow. Besides now second. Yeah. Those one twos, they be getting they, the one, two Ferraris are getting the Red Bulls. I know. I know. They've been quick. I'm loving this. I'm loving it. All right. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap up the race weekend? Um, I don't think so. We got a Charles Leclerc wink on we the got... podium. <laughs> we love to see it. So we got Haas points. We got McLaren points and we got Alpine points. Yes, um, they were all with Esteban Ocon. staggered. So I'm actually quite impressed. I'm yeah, interested I, to see where this fight for fourth is. I agree. I think it'll continue to be really interesting, mm-hmm. especially with Haas kind of like butting their heads back in. Which I love to see. That's where I want them. Actually yes. in the midfield, not at the backfield. You know what I mean? Hanging out with the Williams. So sorry. <laughs> Alex Albon did great this week, though. I know. I'm. I'm an. Good Alex to see fan. how those. It's good to see how those upgrades are coming. Yeah. I'm excited to see what they'll both look like once they have the upgrades. 
Yes. Tifi can handle them. Oh, go Tifi. <laughs> that was a burn. <laughs> All right. And that is Austria wrapped up, tying a bow on it. Ship it off. It's Christmas. <laughs> Woo-hoo! All right. So this Tech Tuesday slash Tech Thursday, because that's when this will be coming out. <laughs> We are going to talk about safety features in the car. After we saw the crash at the British Grand Prix, Silverstone with Joe Guanyu, it was brought to my attention that we wanted to talk about safety features. I had some questions. Obviously, I know what the halo is. I know it was slightly controversial when it was introduced. Um, but I just had some questions about the actual logistics of it mm-hmm. and also the roll hoop. hoop. Yes, was damaged in Joe's crash. And so I was curious and the need for both and all these things. I just was, I found it really interesting. I'd love to hear about it. So let's get into it. Now, most of the information I've gotten, I actually have gotten from F1 itself. I've read a lot of F1's rule book, <laughs> like an absolute nerd. Um, I've watched videos put out by various teams about it. I actually saw the introduction of the halo as it came about in 2018 let's kind of talk about all of the safety features in the car, right? Because I think the roll hoop and the halo are very visible features that you see and you associate that as a safety feature, but there's so much else that goes into the car that really creates the safety features on the car. So the first thing is what they call the mono cockpit. Um, So essentially where that, where the driver sits is all one piece and it is, protected on every side, every angle to keep them as safe as possible. So it's very enclosed, very safe. It's in the middle point of gravity so that everything around it is going to create deceleration. So let's also run through just like the basic safety features. And then I'll go into them a little bit more in depth. We have the roll hoop, which is what looks kind of like (laughs) a little almost like vent uh, just above where the driver's head would be. That's the roll hoop. I always associate it as almost like a fin. It looks like a fin on the it car. It does kind of look like a fin on a car, like a dorsal fin. Yes. That's yes. a great way to put it. Um, and then we have the halo, which is very much easy to see. It almost looks like a windscreen, but without a windshield. Um, so that is that halo. It's been around since 2018. We'll get into it just a little bit more. And then... The other safety features uh, we have inside the car on the driver, we have a six-point harness that the driver wears at all times while driving the car. We have what's called the horseshoe headrest, and that's filled with a special kind of foam that I'm blanking on the name of. Um, And at high force, it offers a very slow and controlled deceleration. And that same foam is also around the driver's legs. So if there's, you know, any sort of impact like that, you don't have a broken leg, broken ankle, that type of thing. Question. The foam mm-hmm. horseshoe, that mm-hmm. is the thing that's held in with pins and they pull it and pop it out to get out. Correct. Yes. So okay. you see the driver pull that out, you know, at the end of the race, yes. when he's pulling that little thing out, that's what he's pulling out. He's pulling out his headrest. So that is what in the event of a crash keeps them from even with a helmet getting a massive concussion or things like their head being allowed to, you know, whip around too much 
uh, creating whiplash and things like that. And then there's different kinds of what they associate as load absorption mechanisms on the car. So Mm -hmm. you have in the front, you have what they call the frontal impact structure. And that's essentially just the nose portion of the car. You have the rear impact structure, sometimes referred to as ribs. And that's the tail end of the car that it almost looks like the little exhaust, like tailpipe. There's a light around it. So when you see that little square at the bottom of the car, that Mm -hmm. is the rear impact structure. And then you have side impact protection. Um, And those are on either side of the cockpit. They are um, the best way to describe them is they kind of look like a cone that's been flattened down. Oh, you know, a vacuum nozzle. Yes. The, like the kind that's skinny to get in between like the seats in a car. Right. Okay. It kind of looks like that, but if it were slightly more cone shaped and a little less flat shaped. Okay. Okay. And this is within the cockpit that's inside. So sometimes you can see them. Uh, I believe on the Mercedes car, sometimes you can see them on their, um, coming off of like the top of where the, not the top, but like where the driver is sitting. You'll see okay. it where the driver's body is. So Got it. it's going to be in that area of the car. And if you look for it, sometimes you can see them. Other times they're more hidden underneath, you know, those side pods and stuff like that. It depends on which make and model you're looking at, um, how they've decided to use those within their, their aerodynamic chassis. We'll go into those a little bit more. We'll start with the nose and the rear. So both of those are meant for in the case of a head-on or rear-on collision. And what that nose does is it actually almost peels like an onion or a banana. It's a banana, but like an onion where it's going to peel off in layers, almost Mm -hmm. like it's going to grind down. But what it's doing, every safety feature on an F1 car is meant to decelerate the G-force so that it's not too high. So it's not just steel into a concrete wall. What it's going to do is it's going to absorb that shock. Again, talking with my hands, Tess is the only one that can see me. It's going to absorb that shock that normally would happen when you hit something. So perfect example is Alex Albon's crash in Silverstone. Yes. Did we see the nose of his car? How Uh, it looked kind of like it had just peeled away. Yes, Yes. exactly. Yes. So that is what the front and rear are both supposed to do. Now the side is supposed to do that as well, but it's also meant to keep, it's also meant to keep that side pod from breaking and the driver being compromised. So Mm -hmm. similar with the side impact protection, but slightly different. Again, it's going to be that same thing. Control deceleration is the name of the game. Um, And the side impact protection units have actually been used since 1994. And I believe the nose and rear are, they're continuously being improved, but the nose and the rear have also been used since around then due to crashes. You know, the FI has said, Hey, we got to make this a little safer. Some of y'all are dying out there. It didn't have to be that intense. It's bad out here. But so that is one of the reasons when we see Joe's crash and everyone says, Oh, his roll hoop disintegrated. That's what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Now, theoretically, maybe not the same way it did. And I'm sure the FIA is going to look at that crash just as they do every crash and say, okay, where are the areas for improvement here? You know, how can we improve this? How can we make it better? But that roll hoop is meant to do that because it's meant to decelerate that way. What it's essentially meant to do is every impact is going to 
produce that controlled deceleration and absorb that shock that would otherwise be going into the driver. And, and that specifically halo, their head on a roll. Move. Yes, exactly. <laughs> specifically their head. And the halo is similar. Um, that halo back in 2018, I'm, sh- I believe they're made out of the same thing now was made out of titanium and can theoretically withstand the weight of a London double-decker bus. So, yeah, my question has always been, have we ever seen a halo break? Because it would be almost impossible in a race. I, ooh, I don't know. I can look that up. But I, I, I think that that's an interesting stat, but we don't have to answer that right now. That was just a question I had because I find that really interesting because mm-hmm. they seem invincible and everyone seems like, well, I mean, it's called a halo. It's like, boom, this is the lifesaver. Yeah. I know that when it was introduced as a regulation in 2018, I know the teams had to re-engineer chassis in order to be able to withstand the weight because titanium isn't carbon fiber. Um, It's stronger in a lot of ways and is going to withstand force better, but it's also heavier than carbon fiber. You don't get that light agility as you have with carbon fiber. And so because of that, it's important to maintain weight limits and everything like that. But you also have to make sure that even though the halo itself can absorb the force of a London double-decker bus, Mm -hmm. the chassis also has to be able to withstand that force. It's kind of like in physics class. Did you ever do the um, egg drop? Yes. I love that I'm equating a high-performance vehicle to an egg drop, right? But you have to make sure that the the entire thing can withstand that force and not just the bottom because otherwise... What good is a halo if... What good is a halo if the body of the car can't support it, right? You know, if Mm -hmm. maybe the titanium's strong, but it's going to punch straight through the chassis or something like that. So there was a lot of re-engineering in order to make that work effectively. Back to the horseshoe headrest. So it's filled with foam, like I said, that maintains driver head and neck safety during high force impacts and things like that. There's actually two different types of foam used I'm sure you've noticed that the inside of headrests is either pink or blue, and that is actually dependent upon the weather. So in certain colder weather, some of the foam works better in hot, some of the foam works better in the cold. There's different formulations of the foam they use that I cannot remember the name of right now. Based upon weather, they will either use the blue or the pink foam. So look at that. The next time you see your driver take off a short uh, horseshoe headrest. It is the details. It is the details like that where every single minute detail of performance and weight and all of these things is just so incredible to me when it comes to Formula One. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that has been Tech We talked a little bit about safety features. Next week, we can talk about other safety features, including barriers, marshals, fireproof gear, fireproof undies. If anyone's curious, I know that's a hot topic in the FIA uh, driver fireproof <laughs> undies. in the driver meetings they have each week. So jewelry rules, jewelry rules. Oh, sorry, Lewis. You're going to have to take out your beautiful earrings. Yeah. <laughs> Let's round out this week with our resident pop culture princess it's me Tess. okay <laughs> that um, sounds like the line from new girl 
It's just <laughs> Okay, so my favorite pop culture moment, I'd have to say, um, I'm going to go with two, actually, Ooh, for okay. this. Yeah, so one of them is actually the one that Lauren already mentioned, which is Little Jack Wolf meeting all of the drivers sitting on Toto's shoulders. I haven't seen it yet. It's so cute. You've got to go find it. My favorite part of the video is him saying, that's Charles from Ferrari. And Charles talks to Jack and he gives him a little tap on the head as he walks away. It's genuinely so wholesome. And I love any time that kids, especially like, team affiliated children mm-hmm. like get to interact with the drivers i think it's so special and it really like obviously it humanizes them we know they're humans but it's it gives them a very yes wholesome like it's funny to see someone like so i want to say vicious in a way and so <laughs> gentle do you know uh-huh. what i'm saying like they drive the fastest cars in the world and they're driving like the most it's like the most high performance motorsport and they're like, oh, my goodness, like saying <laughs> hi to a little boy. It's so cute. Um, my next favorite pop culture moment definitely has to be all of the Mick Schumacher memes. OK, the best one, in my opinion, is everyone comparing him racing Lewis or just post-race him getting driver of the day. And they're saying, Oh, when you don't know which Schumacher is racing Lewis. And it's the video of Top Gear with Michael Schumacher taking off the helmet, pretending to be the Stig. And he was the Stig. Was he really? Yeah. The whole time? No, not the whole time. Different drivers have been the Stig. But at one point, Michael Schumacher was the Stig. I'm like, no way the whole time. No, not the whole time. He revealed himself as the Stig. And... Um, yeah, everyone was using that as like, guess who was racing under Mick's helmet because he did <laughs> such a good race. And uh-huh. the fight with Lewis was so, what's the word I want to use? Nostalgic mm-hmm. to um, Lewis and Michael. So, yeah, that was probably my number one favorite meme. And a little uh, throw in are the all the track limits memes of people saying, you get track limits. You oh, get track Oprah limits. Meme? <laughs> Yes. And yes. you get a track limits. You get exactly. track limits. Five second penalties for everyone. Uh, I don't know about you, but track limits kind of took away from the weekend a little bit for me. I, I agree. was like, it, can we it, just it let them felt- race? Everyone's doing it. Exactly. It felt like a joke. I'm like, if everyone gets a five second penalty, then no one does. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that uh track limits was definitely it's 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 a conversation that they are having within the drivers in the FIA because of the two separate race directors. Yes. Consistency. Yes. Yeah. Consistency. It's one of the reasons uh, Sebastian Vettel walked out of the meeting. Apologized for. He has since mm-hmm. apologized for walking out of the meeting. It's been dealt with accordingly. So if he has no other infractions, he does not have to pay the 25,000 euro fine given to him. The only other point to make this weekend, I think, is to just talk a little bit about the harassment experienced by the female fans this week. Just sad to see. It's sad to see that it's still happening in motorsport. And I really hope that we can 
figure out ways that this can stop happening. As a newer female fan in motorsport, it is extremely discouraging, honestly, but also it is, yes, it's definitely hurtful. And at the same time, it's exciting to see that there are so many women who are attending races and are being included in groups with other women about Formula One. And it's exciting in that way, but it is extremely sad and unfortunate that women are being mistreated at races. Yes, I agree. To get a little bit personal here, the mistreatment of female motorsport fans is probably one of the reasons it took me so long to openly be a fan of Formula One and to share that passion and that, you know, love that I have for the sport with other people. Um, I talk to people about it and they don't realize that I have been a fan for over seven years now because I used to never talk about it. Because when I did first become a fan of the sport, I experienced a little bit of that. I mean, for lack of a better word, I would be fetishized by guy friends because I was into cars. I'm putting air quotes around that. I am into cars, but not in that way. And um, I think it's just sad that that's still something that is very much alive today. And it's sad and it's disheartening to see because we want more females in motorsport. We want to see all of the different innovations we can bring. And I want people to feel safe and feel welcomed into this sport because it is such a great sport and it's such a fun sport to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And I want that for everyone. I want everyone to have a safe space in which they can enjoy the sport. And I really hope that the FIA and formula one and each and every one of these events, uh, holders, you know, every track, every racetrack come together and really learn from this experience and really put their heads together and listen to women in this scenario as well to figure out ways to have safe spaces and protocols in place for when things like this are happening, because they have been happening at multiple races now, not just this race, but it is important that these things are taken seriously and Mm -hmm. punished as such. I agree with Sebastian Vettel's words that these people should have a lifetime ban from attending these events in person because we don't want that. That's not what we want. It's not what the sport stands for. And it's not what the sport's about either. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Thank you for, thank you for um, sharing your feelings about that. I obviously have not been a fan for a very long time. I've had minor experiences like that, but I do, I do hope that when we, hopefully eventually attend races. It is a pleasant experience. I agree. I hope that too. Okay. You guys, we have two weeks left till summer break next week. We have France, the France Grand Prix. (laughs) So get your baguettes, croissants and berets ready <laughs> home race home, home race, race for esteban, esteban Ocon and pierre, pierre gasly, gasly. and also home race see. 
for Alpine as a team, correct? Yes. Yes. I'm very excited to see what Alpine whips out for this. I wonder if we'll get a special delivery for this next week. That'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited. excited as well. All right, you guys, this has been an episode of the grid sisters podcast. If you want to hear more from us or follow us on all of our little exploits, all about formula one you can find us on instagram at the grid sisters and on tiktok at grid sisters give us a follow rate us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts and we will see you next week bye bye